Welcome to this episode of Blended, Blessed, and Always a Mess. I'm Eric. And I'm Angie. We are married with a ton of kids. We have six kids total. He has three and I have three. My name's Hallie and I love riding horses. I'm Lexi and I love agriculture. My name's Carter and I love eating. My name's Chase and I love lifting weights. My name's Summer and I love spending my parents' money. I'm Dane and I love baseball. Our show is about our blended, blessed, and always a mess life. And our hope is if you find yourself in the same situation we are in, that by sharing our story, all the fun, and all the mess, the challenges we are experiencing, it will give you some inspirations, laughs, and community, knowing you are not alone in this mess. We appreciate you spending time with us. Let's dive in. Welcome to this week's episode of Blended, Blessed, and Always a Mess, where last week we talked about everybody's favorite topic, especially in a relationship budgets. And then that made us think that this next story would be the perfect time to tell about just a traumatic life event that happened to us earlier this year. And so that's what we're going to discuss today. I saw a a meme from The Office earlier today, which my Hallie's favorite TV show ever, where it was like, this is Michael Scott. If he was talking about my bank account, we would be like, why do you ruin all of the fun things that I want to do? I want to have fun, and then you shut it all down. And when you're budgeting, that can happen sometimes. Sometimes the fun can get shut down so that you can reach your your goals and your objectives. Yeah, so speaking of budgets and goals and objectives, Eric and I had the same goal when we met. We both love Florida. We both had goals of having rental property there, which is kind of amazing in itself that we were aligned And, you know, we also had a goal that we eventually want to live somewhere warm. We're not really winter people. Yeah, we do not. Neither one of us like winter. So having that type of goal is serious budget and savings. It requires a lot of focus and hard work. Hard work. So, I mean, that was four years of kind of immediately talked about that, had that goal and started the savings journey to make that happen. So we started about a year ago looking for property in Florida seriously to the point where we went down there last year and even put an offer in on a house. And at the end of the day, we didn't get that house, which I think was good. I I didn't love it. It felt like a place we could start. And at the end of the day, we just, we didn't get the house. We ended up backing out at the end. Yeah, I just had a weird gut instinct. Like, I really liked the house, and we put the contract on it, and then the owners were changing some things. And it was just like, you know what? I actually don't I don't feel like this is maybe the right time. So we, we pulled out of it, and thank God we did not buy that house because I could not imagine having that home and shortly after that losing Hallie. Like, yeah. I just can't fathom it. So... We were not meant to purchase that house. Yeah, it felt like a blessing that we didn't get that house. I remember when they kept trying to change things, we thought it was so weird. And our realtor was like, well, according to their realtor, like the lady's really normal in the morning. And then they think she gets into the wine and she really starts being weird in the evening. And it was like, that's what it felt like. I mean, so when you're buying a house from somebody, go on your gut on a purchase that big. So that's what we did. With that being said, We said back in July that our vacation, our family vacation was a shit show. And we talked about stopping in St. Louis so Chase could have appendix surgery. The downpour the whole time. Movers not showing up. 
Angie getting her car wrecked on the way back because a big piece of tire tread was in the middle of the road. But we didn't actually share everything. We didn't share the worst part of the trip, the most traumatic part of the trip. The I mean, it, it just like was a debilitating thing that occurred on this trip. It was the second most traumatic day of my life. Yeah, it I would, really yeah, was. for sure. Hallie won and then this. Yeah. I So remember us talking about how, I don't know what which episode that was, but we literally felt like the devil was attacking us. And it was so weird because with this house, I felt like like my gut told me this was the house. This is, I felt like Hallie led us to that house. I felt like my instincts were spot on, the energy, the vibe, all of it was, I just felt like we were drawn to that house. Or I was initially when I saw it and just how everything happened. It's like, I just felt it. Like I felt like this was the house we were supposed to have. And that house, I would just say, compared to the house we tried to buy last year, was this house was everything that we wanted. I mean, it was in the neighborhood we wanted. It looked the way we wanted. It had what we wanted. Where the other house really didn't have those things. We were settling. So this felt good. It felt right. It felt like this was going to be a house for healing. Is what it felt like. Yeah. And, you know, on that previous episode, we shared a lot of the challenges leading up to purchasing the house too, not being able to get insurance coverage and all of that. And so it was just, it kind of rocked me a little bit because it's like, it's so weird because I feel like that this was the house that we were supposed to buy. So we're going to dive into this series of events because it's very vulnerable for us to share this, but we wanted to share it in the hopes that it raises awareness. And also if you find yourself in a situation. Double check, triple check. Yeah. Multi-time check everything. So let's start off. You put a contract on a house, you've got to put earnest money down. And this was our first time buying property in another state. So the title company actually required us to wire them money back in May. And neither of us had ever actually wired any money before. It just doesn't feel like something you do all the time. At least not for, I mean, I guess we are millionaires. So we don't know what it's like to wire a bunch of money. But the title company sends you a form, all the infos on an accounting number, the routing number, title company info, their logo on letterhead. You send that to your bank and you give your bank the approval to make the transaction. Everybody's in a loop on this deal. The loan officer, real estate agent, the title company, your banker. And, and we did this at the end of May to secure the home from the seller to get our contract finalized and move on to the inspections and all of those different things. Yeah. So that sets the whole sales motion. So then you start moving through the sales process. So, so many things are taking place. You're getting inspections done. You're submitting all kinds of financial information to the lender. You're locking in interest rates. You're trying to get the homeowner's insurance, all the things to prepare to actually close. So it's a ton of paperwork, processing, emails, text, lots of communication back and forth. And, you know, it adds a whole other complexity when you're purchasing a home in another state. Yeah. And you've never met any of these folks and, you know, you're working to try to get the insurance so much. We were going back and forth between three different insurance companies because in Florida and in California right now, it's incredibly difficult to get a home insured. I mean, people like State Farm are pulling out of those states because of all the continued hurricanes and the fact that they're having to rebuild all these things. So that had us in a bit of a tizzy, not even sure if we were going to be able to get the house when we got down there that week. Yeah. Right before we left on that Friday night, we finally 
received approval to be insured, but that doesn't even mean we're good to go yet. So (laughs) then you go through this whole process of being cleared to close. So there's additional paperwork, more steps in the process. We are cleared for takeoff. Sorry, I just really wanted to do that. So, you know, the next morning, (laughs) the next morning we leave and that's when, you know, we make that pit stop in St. Louis for seven or eight hours for Chase to have his appendix removed. We continue the drive down there, wee hours of the morning. We finally arrive. Sunday is a complete, like, haze. Because everybody's, like, still thinking, did this really freaking happen? Like, we made it, but literally Chase had to have surgery. So it was just, Sunday was a blur. So Monday, you're getting more emails now that you're back into the week and texting back and forth, providing additional paperwork for the title company. And we're on vacation. So we're doing most of this on our phones while we're out and about with the kids. We weren't on our physical computers, right, to where we could see things. So we've been updated by the lender. There shouldn't be any issues. Just minor final checks left to do. And it seems like things are going well. Knock on wood. But then one of the emails we got late Monday from the title company and the lady we'd been working with the whole time. And as they were preparing for closing the next day or two, provided us details on what to expect, what to bring, and attached the wire form to send over for the remainder of the funds. So we knocked that out, continued on with it. I copied Angie on the email, just get her in the loop, started going through that whole process. Tuesday, we spent the day checking boxes on big items that we had to purchase, went out and bought a golf cart for the rental house, pretty big purchase, starting to hold the movers again and and learned that that was a complete mess because they couldn't commit to delivering to us. So we, we got to go to the beach for a little bit between the rain. Tuesday also was court day that we attended virtually, and that also just sends me into an emotional downward spiral. So, you know, this is up, down, up, down, up, down this entire time. Days. We're supposed to be on vacation. It's days of up, down. Yeah. So then Wednesday, we woke up. We got through all that. And Wednesday, woke up and everything was looking great. And I was sitting on the porch and I told my mom, I'm like, I feel like I can breathe for a second. Like first time in a long time that I could sit here and just for a moment feel relaxed for a moment sometimes you just got to take a deep breath because a lot of times you find that you're holding it all in and don't even realize it like sometimes you ever feel like it's hard to take a deep breath Mm -hmm. yes often why is it so hard but like most of the time i'm not i'm not taking deep breaths so i'll never forget it like sitting on the porch with my mom and i'm just like okay i'm gonna breathe for a moment and then That evening, Grandma Alice making one of the kids' favorite meals. Everybody's super looking forward to it. She's in the process of making dinner. We've got clearance to close. We're good to go. Like, celebrate. Like, we finally, finally did it. Yeah. And we made it through the entire sales motion. And we closed tomorrow morning, Thursday morning. It's going to be good. It's going to be great. We did it. Angie tells me she's going to take a shower while Alice finishes dinner. And I'm sitting out on the porch swing. Just, I think I even had my Bible out, like just reading and trying to relax myself, get ready for the next day. And that's when I got an email that would change so many things. I got an email from the lady at the title company that we'd worked with, with all the closing information, the final closing cost, but it did not have the money included that we wired on Monday. And I I emailed her back, said, hey, you're missing this massive down payment basically the four years of life savings that we had done. 
for the house. That we had wired them on Monday. That we wired Monday evening, and now it's Wednesday right before 5. I think I even originally replied to her email. I'm like, oh, yep, everything looks great. But what do we actually have to bring to closing? And she's mm-hmm. like, oh, it's in the document. I'm like, no, that's not that's not the total amount because we, we wired the money on Monday. Yeah. And, and then I went and got in shower. And we were like, huh. And then she called me immediately. It was like, Eric, who did you send this money to? And at that point, I'm frantically going through my email on my phone, and I go upstairs to my computer. So this time, I come out downstairs out of the shower, and I'm going to help my mom finish making dinner. And I see him come off the porch, and he has this look of absolute horror on his face doesn't say anything and like goes upstairs. And so I'm like, you know, my heart sank for a minute, but I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't know what that was about, but my mom had just had a stroke. Like that could have been a lot of things. It could have been a lot of things. So then he comes, I go upstairs and start friendly where I call the bank, our bankers. They're working late now. They're staying on the phone with me an extra 45 minutes after closing. Everyone is freaking out. But then he comes downstairs and I'm like, what is wrong? And you can't even speak. Like, I thought you were having a heart attack or something. Could not even hardly get words out. And he's like, our money's gone. Like, they didn't get our money. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, that's, we didn't wire the money to them. And it was just this, like, I don't even know how to describe it. For me, personally, I'm already, like, at the lowest of lows. Yeah. We've already... Gone like through losing a child and hell, just death. Hell. And then to have all this other stuff that's happened leading up to this. And to also feel like in my soul felt like this was supposed to be Hallie's house. It's like you can't even wrap your brain around it. I'm like, what do you mean? And so then you start sharing that they didn't get the the money. But I'm like, but so we bring up the email, look at the email. And it has everybody on the email. The realtor, the our banker. Banker. All these people, like eight people that we have worked with and the same wire form that we had already sent the earnest money on. And the email exactly the detailed same out our address of the home we bought, detailed out about our closing, when we were closing, all of that. Like detailed, detailed, detailed information. And as you unpack it more... You're just like blown. Oh, it's unbelievable. The sophistication that they had to find all that information and then how they got it is when you were able, when you're on your phone scrolling through, you don't really see people's email addresses, just the name. So the name of all these people we'd been emailing was coming up on our phones. But when you get on your computer, you would see the email and they change one letter. So it would be so-and-so at so-and-so titlecompany.com and title was spelled T-I-L-T-E instead of T-I-T-L-E. No one, even if you saw it, it was on like your laptop. T-I-T-E-L. So instead yeah, of title, E-L. yeah, E-L. Like no one would ever notice that. And the only thing different on the form was the account number and routing number. Everything else was the same. So someone got hacked. Someone got hacked. And our money was gone. Our life savings, the money we needed to close on the home, gone. So now the seller's freaking out. They didn't know what was happening. They just knew we didn't have a time to close the next day. So they were freaking out. Our realtor freaking out. Banker freaking out. Nobody. Our title company, our lender, our real estate agent, no one had ever dealt with this before. With wire fraud, like you hear about it, 
but you've they've never dealt with it and to the level of detail. It's not like you got some weird link and you clicked on it and just decided to like enter in your account information. Yeah. Like they had every step of the process of detail, names of all these people we were interacting with. And they had it all. There was nothing that would have made anybody think. As our bank said later, do not feel bad. Like this this was so well done. Like we all read it. We all thought it was legitimate. And so super Super scary. And then what happens is just a lot of tears. Well, Eric was a mess for one because he took all the blame for it because he had called the bank on that Monday and said, I need you to do this transaction. But I saw the email too. Like he was blaming himself. The kids were all surrounded, surrounding us. And like, just keep in mind, their trip was almost ruined. Like they thought on Saturday when we were at St. Louis Children's Hospital that we may not even go on vacation. They've lost their sister. They rallied around Chase with the surgery of like, hey, we're sticking together. If we don't go to Florida, we don't go to Florida. And then they watched their parents like bawling, bawling messes of like our whole world of what we had worked for crumbled. Yeah, because, I mean, it's, again, that's four years of saving. You know, a down payment's a lot of money. It's not a small figure. It wasn't like it was $10,000, right? It's a lot of money, four years of savings, to down payment on a home in another state. And now it's gone. And we had all this other furniture and stuff that we had bought. It was it was a total mess. Yeah, it wasn't even, it was like collateral loss because it wasn't just the down payment. It was like all the stuff we bought for the house, the furniture, the moving expense, all of that. And we also had my parents with us, which I'm like, you're never going to go on vacation with us again. I mean, they were blown away because, for one, they've never wired. I mean, it just, what all happened, they couldn't even believe it. And so my mom and dad just immediately went into, like, praying the rosary. They prayed and, like, and prayed. prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed for a miracle. And my mom's like, it's, it's just going to be a miracle. It's going to be a miracle. I'm like, Mom... <laughs> Eight or nine months ago, we prayed for a miracle. And I do believe in God. But she prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed that a miracle would happen to Hallie and she would still be here. And that didn't get answered. And it's not that I lost faith in God, but it's like, okay, pray. But like, I'm also in technology and I understand cyber security. And I'm like, mom, that money is gone. Like, we're never getting that back. It's gone. It's this is crazy world we live in with hacks happening all the time, all the ransom, like all the stuff that happens. You can pray for that. Pray that we can get through it. That's what I would pray for because yeah. we're not getting this money back. And I would just say then on top of that, the kids were amazing. They were all just oh like, we gosh. don't we don't need the house, guys. It's OK. Let's just go home. And our family be together. We don't we don't need the house in Florida. And that's fine, but I would just say that as a dad of the of our house, I have struggled over the last year with feeling like I've somehow let us down, that I didn't get Hallie out of the situation she was in, that I couldn't save her already. I struggle with all the pain that my wife feels and knowing how badly like Angie felt this house was the house and our kids were all looking forward to the house for me to be the one to make the call to the bank and to approve it. And then four years of hard work. I mean, I can't even begin to tell you how sick I felt as somebody who wants to be the leader of their home. I mean, just felt awful. We didn't eat. We we cried a lot. The kids were great. I mean, I just can't speak I, enough about our kids Chase, and how amazing they were. So 
the kids all rallied. They were so amazing. Not one of them was like, oh, my God, you mean we're not going to get the house? They all were like, it's okay. Guys, it's going to be okay. We'll figure it out. And I think the most amazing part of it all is how the kids got together and prayed. And then they just kind of went off and they stuck together while we downward spiraled, (laughs) except for Chase. Chase sat with us most of the night and he even gave you a pep talk. And my mom is sitting there like, oh my God, is this kid really saying all of these amazing words and talking to you specifically around how it's not your fault and it's going to be okay. It made me realize that he's also like Hallie and that he's okay sitting in the suck versus maybe of like, okay, love you, mom and dad. Then I'm going to stay over here because this is awkward. He literally stayed with us most of the night. And then throughout the night, we didn't sleep, toss and turn all night. And just in my mind, I'm like immediately going to. And she was like, you have got, you have got to pull it together. She was like, I need you to figure it out. She's like, we'll figure it out. It's going to take us time, but you've got to, I think at one point I was trying to take a sleeping pill. I think she thought I was going to OD because she's like, what are you taking? I was like, it's a sleeping (laughs) pill. Like I am. I mean, I was worried about you. I mean, and that's why I kept telling you all night long. Like, it's going to be okay. It's just freaking money. Like, we went through the worst. The most money I had ever had in my life, and it was gone because we saved it for four years. I I just was, like, trying to talk him off the ledge. I couldn't even feel any emotions myself because it was like, we're going to figure it out. I've got, you have got to take some deep breaths, and we're going to get through this, like, Get it together. I think that's literally what I told I felt you. So like, bad. I felt get it so together. Sick. Like, I'm not mad at you. It's an honest mistake. I was mad at me. I think you thought I was going to leave. I mean, you were just like, I oh my god. I mean, I would have like really? been so Great. mad at you. <laughs> that's not what I mean. But I mean, I would have been. This is the beauty of you. Is you aren't like most women that I know. In that you weren't even mad at me, and that made it maybe even worse because I was so mad at myself. And I know I would never have left you. I would have been, but I would have been frustrated. Like, oh my God, why did you do that? But you knew, you were like, I looked at it too. Like it just, it happened. We'll figure it out, but you got to pull it together. And we started making plans throughout the middle of the night as to what we could return. Like, like okay, tomorrow morning, we got to call the golf cart company and I return did. that golf cart. I've got. They I, took it back. I already had set up the electric, the internet, all of that stuff. So I'm like, I'm going to start calling that first thing in the morning to cancel all of that. We got to figure out this mover thing because they're on our way, on their way. But we didn't know when they were yeah. coming. I'm like, what the hell are we going to do with all this furniture? Like, do we do we call them and tell them to turn around and go back? And you know, there's so many things that your mind just spins about. How do we get back out of this? What do we sell? Like, how do we reduce our expenses? Our bank was calling us, going, "Hey, have you heard anything?" We're going, "No, have you heard anything?" And they're like trying to come up with ideas like, can you take penalties and just cash out all your retirement? We're like, no, we're not doing that. There was no solution at that point. And you've got the banker calling going, hey, are you closing or not? You got the realtor calling because the other realtor's calling. And I just, I threw that up the That was Thursday white, morning. This is it's Thursday like, morning. And I threw up the white flag and I said, I'm going to call the title company and tell them it's off. I don't know what else to do. There's no money. Well, we had even texted the... We text back with the lender. We're like, we don't even know what we were supposed to close at nine o'clock that morning on Thursday morning. And I don't even know what time I got out of bed, like 5 a.m. And we we're just like, might as well get up and start figuring this shit out. And oh, I remember texting with the lender I'm like, and the real estate agent. 
I don't even know what we're supposed to do this morning. Like we're literally sitting on the porch making phone calls to try to cancel stuff. But it's like, I don't even know what we're supposed to do. And they're like, we don't either. Like we've never been in this situation. So we don't even know what to tell you to do. So on the porch Thursday morning is Chase, me and Eric. Again, Chase is sitting with us as we like try to figure out what we cancel and talking with the loan officer. And I'd already canceled the golf cart. They were taking that back. They felt bad. So we're sitting out there and I I call Peggy, the towel company, tell her that it's off. We have no money. Deal's off. I'm so sorry. And hang up the phone. And a couple of minutes go by and the phone rings again. And I answer it. And And I'm sitting next to Eric and he goes, are you serious? And I look over at him and he has got this same look of terror, fear. And I'm like, oh, my God, now what? Like, if this shit cannot get any worse. And he's like, he's crying. And he's like, you're you're just going to have to talk to my wife. I'm like, oh, my God, he's freaking tapping out. Like, I just told him, like, you got to get it together. Now you're going to hand it to me. So Chase is, like, looking at me, he's sitting right across from me, his eyes big. And I'm like, this is Angie. And she's like, Angie, this is Peggy from Title Company, she's like, the owner of the title company is a prosecutor. And I'm like, oh, my God, my heart sank. Like, holy shit, we're going to have to buy this house. Like, they're going to, like, come after us because we we signed this contract and it's not on them that we don't have the money. Like, my mind is spinning of, like, what? Why did she start with he's a prosecutor? And then she also says he's a Christian man whose wife has been sick with cancer. And he's covering all of your cost. He's giving you the money. All of your life savings. And I'm like, I don't believe you. Yeah, that's what she said. I don't believe you. I'm like, you. I don't believe you. Because when when you're hacked like that and you have something like that stolen from you, first of all, we're still reeling from Hallie being stolen from us. And then you just like you're constantly on this hamster wheel of like, fight or flight, and then she tells you that this amazing man is just going to give you the money so you can still close? Like, hell no, I'm not believing you. Yeah. not believing She's like, well, believe it. Come in here at 9 o'clock like you were supposed to. It was and 11 at this point. Come in here at 11. It was already like 9 o'clock now. Oh, yeah. So it, it was, was like, come in at 11 and we'll close on everything. And so then we asked if we could talk to him. Yeah, because I still we still don't believe her. Yeah. I mean, it's like, no way. Like, what, what's the strings attached? Like, what does this mean? Yeah, we can't pay you back. And he's he just, she's like, no, he's a Christian man. So then Eric calls him, puts him on speaker. By the way, these people do not know our story at all. They know, they've never met us. They know nothing about us. And Eric calls him and, and we're like bawling on the phone. Like, you have no idea what you just did for our family. Like, we lost our daughter and it was eight months ago at the time. And then on our way down here, her son has to have surgery. It's like it's one thing after another. And he's like, you know what? My wife was going through cancer and she was not supposed to live and she's here. And I I just believe in doing the right thing. And I just want you to enjoy the house. And if we get the money back, we get the money back. If not, you know what? I'll just I'll just write it off. What in the actual F? Unbelievable. Like my parents, they came out there. I'm like, you guys are never going to believe this. Like, mom, you got your miracle. And it's like, okay, Hallie, I knew. (laughs) I knew we were supposed to have this house. But 
unbelievable. Unbelievable. We called the bank. The bank didn't believe it. When I called them to tell them, they're like, no, they're like, that. that's too much money for anybody to just give you. And I was like, they did, I guess. I said, we're going at 11, supposedly, to do this. And so we walk into the title company. We looked awful. I mean, we looked like ass because basically we haven't slept in eight months. And now we really haven't slept in like eight to 10 hours. Well, even more than that, With we hardly got any sleep through just driving all night and just the worrying about Chase and all of that. I mean, our eyes were puffy. I didn't even comb my hair. And no makeup on. Looked We looked homeless walking in there. Yeah. And so we get in there, and these people were absolutely incredible. We told them our story. They cried with us. She even said, you may want to ask God for a break. <laughs> and we closed. We, that, now... Transferring that money because we still had a little bit of money left that we had to pay them for the house. And so we literally had to call our bankers and three of them got on the phone and two people from the title company got on the phone because everyone was terrified to make this wire transfer because it was the last of any money that we had. And they everyone was terrified. And so we were confirming numbers multiple times and with the names of the people on the phone to make sure it was going into the right place. And we closed and we called the golf cart company back and got our golf cart back. <laughs> they were blown away, too. This, these poor golf cart people. Because <laughs> we also recently had our first renters that we didn't know for our house, Hallie's house. And they wrecked the damn golf cart. Bad. Bad. Of course, they pay for it. But this golf cart company, it was. he's like... Do you guys have any good luck? I mean, it was like we bought the golf cart, returned the golf cart, bought the golf cart, and then their first renters, it's like $1,700 worth of damage. They had let kids drive it, and they wrecked it. I'm just like, oh, my gosh. So the moral of the story is anybody could get hacked right now. This was so well done. Again, our bank, the title company, everybody was like, you cannot feel – I felt so dumb. And they were like, you cannot. Like, we all – we all – fell for this. But what in the process of it is that we witness God's grace and and God's power in our family, starting with our kids. Yeah, that was the beautiful part, painful beauty that's still a thing, right? They saw us struggle. They saw us support each other in the worst of times when you could point fingers, you could try to blame, you could be mad at each other. We got through it. And they also witness the kindness of human beings in this world. That, that's some of the most kindness we'll ever, ever see. And we'll, I mean, we were never going to talk about this on the podcast. It's like, no way, no way. I feel it's just very, it's hard to talk about because, for one, it's a little bit embarrassing that that happened. We don't even know who got hacked, if it was the title company or us or the bank. Um, I mean, who knows? Realtor could have been any of these people. Any of these people could have gotten hacked. But on the day of Grit with Grace. Just a few weeks ago. Eric calls me right before the event and he's like, you're never going to believe this. But they were able to recover most of the money. Now, here's the other crazy thing. This was it all the money? Fraudulent, no, but it was a lot of the money they got back. A lot of the money. This whole fraudulent thing is so bizarre because it basically goes to the bank that they opened the account with. So this account they opened and then faked the email, that's the bank that handles tracking the money down. And so it goes off into this black hole and they basically told us it could take like 18 months and they're not there's no guarantees they can get the money back. So it's like 
you know it's going to take forever. And I also, my technology background, no, it's that's never good. Mm-hmm. If they're that smart to get in there and fake all of that stuff, they know how to get the money and disperse it into millions of accounts so you can never track it. We had to enter an FBI ticket. Like, we had to do all this stuff because of the dollar amount. And here, two weeks ago, Eric calls me right before this women's event, right before I'm going to share my soul with a room full of women, and says, you're never going to believe this, but they recovered most of the money. And it's like, holy shit. Because I didn't want to talk about it knowing that this poor guy that was out of the kindness of his heart is without this money. Yeah. Didn't feel right. So then, uh, Eric, you can tell your part of like. I wanted to repay his kindness of talking to us. He, you know, he called and talked to us that morning. And so I found his cell phone number and I called him back and he answered. And actually his wife was doing a little better and he was in Europe with his wife. And he was blown away to get the call. Said it made the entire trip for him and his wife even that much better because it was money that none of us thought would ever come back to their family, even in the business that he had created. And so just incredibly powerful. He was so grateful that he did it. We were so grateful to be able to give most of the money back and just an incredible story of God working and just another miracle, as Angie said. So all that being said, wow. Here's here's three things we want you to take away from this story. One, In the world we live in right now, hacking is so real and it can happen to you. They are so smart. If it sounds too good to be true, it is. For us, it sounded real. It looked real. As they said to us, we are closing that day. That's our form. Like whoever hacked you has our our form that we use for wire transfer. They literally just changed out a couple of little things on it. So you have to check every letter of the email, even if you think it's legit, triple check. I think moving forward, I would have my bank call the people and directly on the number we have and, and confirm with yeah. those people it's them. When we were closing, they were like, do you want us to send you electronic copies of your closing? No, I want the paper. <laughs> do not email anything. Yeah, we don't, I don't want, want anything it. emailed at that point. Another thing that I want you all to keep in mind is just support each other in the hell. It's so easy when you're when you're struggling to try to blame or you're in this like fight or flight mode. You know, like we said, Eric thought I was going to blame him. I didn't. I literally would have done the same thing. And he also took so much, too much responsibility for it. But, but even in that was such a great example to our kids to own it. I mean, we see kids all the time. It's like, you know, a million excuses of why something happened. And it was just a great example for them to see an adult own something that happened and not try to make excuses for it. It was, that was powerful. I would say to see, you know, all all of that happen. And then, you know, just to know how much you didn't blame me and were there for me. It was, it was huge for me. And then finally, just a reminder, we feel like we've been doing it for almost a year now, but you can walk through fire. The devil will try to attack you. My friend, Michael Agnew, who we've had on the podcast recently said to me, whether things are going good or whether things are bad, the wolves are right around the corner. They're coming for you. So you got to have faith. And even though some prayers are answered, you never know when your prayers will be answered because it's always God's plan and not ours. So our four-year plan, God put a little detour in, but it, it all worked out because God continues to amaze us and painful beauty. And, and now we have Halley's house. Yeah. So now think about when the wounded cardinal showed up on 
our doorstep of that house after we went through this entire week of hell. It's like Hallie saying, hey, mom, I got you and this is where you're meant to be. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Blended Blessed and Always a Mess and letting us share our crazy, crazy story. If you'd like to exchange bank account numbers and routing numbers, we highly discourage that at this time in any way, shape, or form. Uh, We do hope you have a wonderful week, and God bless. Thank you for listening to Blended Blessed and Always a Mess. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and at blendedblessedalwaysamess.com. Reach out to us on any of our social channels. We would love to hear from you. Have a great week.